Do these book marketing thoughts sound familiar? My message doesn't matter. It has to be perfect. I'm so not worthy. It's going to fail. I'll never do it as good as she does it. It's all out of my control anyway. Gosh, marketing doesn't come easy for any of us, does it? That's why I invited my friend Amy Wicks to be my guest this week. Amy is a faith-based Enneagram coach, the author of two books, including Should Christians Use the Enneagram, and host of the Simply Wholehearted podcast. Amy's also a wife and mom of three who loves giving her time to the moms at Radiant Church in Kansas City over a good cup of coffee. Amy's my go-to coach for all things Enneagram, and one of the first people I thought of when I started this podcast— We all approach book marketing differently, and I couldn't wait for her to come on and share how our different Enneagram types play a part in our book marketing. So if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, it's a self-awareness tool that has nine types that we each identify and lead with. And I'm going to let Amy tell you all about it, and she's going to go through each of the nine types and talk through our core fears we may be experiencing as we market our books. Plus, she's going to give us some tips to overcome those fears. Then I'm so excited to tell you, Amy has the Wholehearted Enneagram Online Summit coming up next week. If you're listening when this airs, it's free and it's August 23rd through the 27th. It's five days of incredible speakers who represent a variety of Enneagram numbers and coaching us on how to apply the Enneagram to motherhood, our relationships, and our day-to-day life. Hello, book marketing is part of our day-to-day life, right? (laughs) You can sign up for free at bookmarketingmania.com backslash summit, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Or if you want to catch all the sessions at your convenience, or you're listening to this episode later, you can purchase an all-access pass to get all the recordings. It's going to be amazing, just like today's episode. I love Amy's passion for the Enneagram, and I can't wait for us to dive in. So let's get to it. Hi, I'm Kim Stewart, and this is the Book Marketing Mania podcast. Let's learn and share together what's working now to meet new readers, market your message, and make a bigger impact online. Hey, Amy, welcome to the Book Marketing Mania podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. I am thrilled. Thank you so much for asking me. We're going to have so much fun. Yes, we are. And so y'all heard in my intro all the formal stuff about Amy, but I want to ask you, can you share a fun fact with our listeners that they may not know about you when they start following you or connecting with you on this interview? Oh my goodness. There are a lot of things uh, because, well, I'm a funny person, but one of the things is that I've broken 23 bones. Oh my, my gosh. I didn't know we had that many. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yep. True story. It was a little bit of an accident prone, a little bit of a klutz. And uh, maybe for a season of life, I was just fragile. I don't know, but, um, but it's true. It's been a while during COVID I was playing football with my son and I broke my finger, uh, but that's the last bone I broke. And sadly it was one of those, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it, it didn't really repair. So oh I feel God. I feel it every time I type. So I'm like, 
anytime I'm writing, it's a labor of love. <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot of writing, right? Podcasting. I oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, but, well, that's interesting to know. Okay. Okay. So what we're talking about today is the Enneagram and you're my favorite Enneagram coach. You know, here on the Book Marketing Mania podcast, we're talking about all the things authors can do to market their books, but we only want to, you know, take action on the things that work for us and our readers, our personality styles, especially our values and our goals. So that's why I wanted to bring you on today is just to kind of talk through the Enneagram and the different Enneagram types and how they play into our marketing strategies. So I'm going to ask you first about the Enneagram for those that haven't heard of it before. Can you kind of share with us an overview of what that is and why it might be important to know our um, individual Enneagram types? Kim, this is such a good question. And I love that you are taking this idea, this concept of Enneagram and putting it to the book launch process. It's invaluable because if we're going to get nerdy, the Enneagram basically, it's a there's a Greek word to it and all that sort of stuff. And if you break it down, it means nine part diagram or nine part picture. So you see these pictures of the the Enneagram all all over the place, right? And it looks like this weird star shape. Well, it just, it's nine points of of a shape and a drawing. They also have connections because the Enneagram describes patterns about how people interpret the world, how people respond to stress, how we each uniquely grow, how we respond to situations differently. I like it because the Enneagram, and I'm a personality nerd. I've always loved personality tests, mm-hmm. personality study, but it this this typology specifically focuses focuses on motivation, not okay. just behavior. Which I think this is why it's key because you know we we were created all in the image of God, but each uniquely, and we need to be aware of our innate desires, our innate fears, those automatic responses. So we can make a choice to do something differently that's more in line with living free in the Lord and with his help. Because sometimes our innate um, motivations and core fears and all of those those elements, those things that are driving and motivating us, they're not always... come about in a healthy way, right? Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, you know, we can, we'll talk about all of that. So it's a self-awareness tool. And if people aren't really sure because... Oh, our culture has defined self-awareness as something that it's not. I think the self-awareness just illuminates our true essence as we are made in God's image and how we have been influenced by our environment, our family of origin, our culture, and it's tapping into the deeper understanding of our motivations and our longings. And so I really see that self-awareness and God awareness, they're symbiotic. And, and it's kind of one without the other just isn't as rich and as deep. So that's, okay. uh, that's the Enneagram. And from there, we can do all sorts of things. It has all sorts of uses. Like today, it's, we're going to help us understand ourselves better as it comes to book marketing, which is pretty rad, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I could talk about book marketing all day long. Um, and I know you can talk about the Enneagram all day long. So it's a yes. perfect little match today. Okay. So for those of us that don't know our Enneagram number yet, do you have before we, because we're going to dive into each type. And before we yes. do that, can you share, is there a place that you have a resource that people can go learn what their number is? Yes. And I, I talk about this in several different ways, but one of the best ways to discover your type 
is through resources like this, where you're hearing about the Enneagram, where you're learning about the different types, and you're asking yourselves how you relate to those, or what about those those core longings, motivations, desires resonate with you? Because the Enneagram actually, in its truest form, is a narrative tradition. It's about conversation. It's about listening to your stories. So that's how I use how I use the typing philosophy in the process. So I invite, encourage people to do a 15 minute call with me. It's free. I have a few questions that I ask ahead of time and even during our time that help us maybe discover what type you lead as. I also have a video guide called Discovering Your Enneagram Type. And I just recently came out with a new book, as you know, called Should Christians Use the Enneagram? And of course, I'm answering that question. Should Christians use the Enneagram? It's an important question to, to ask. And it's one that I've loved to answer. But then also part of the book gives explanation about each type that would help if you read, you know, and read and kind of have a conversation with yourself or the with people who are close to you, you can from there maybe begin to distinguish, oh, that feels a lot like me, how I think, what really motivates me. Um, And then the last thing I would say too, is that you can do tests and you can do free quizzes. You can do paid for quizzes. The best way is to give yourself time and, and really ask yourself these hard questions. And what did you do before the world told me what I needed to do? Because- That's an important, you know, caveat there. And you're going to answer a little bit differently if you think about your high school self as (laughs) compared to now, (laughs) your few years maybe into marriage and kids and career. And some of how you operate is just learned behavior. Okay, great. That sounds awesome. Okay, so are you ready to dive into each of the types of the the, the, um, Enneagram types? And then we're going to kind of talk about how each of those might um, attempt and conquer their book marketing struggles that they, I know a lot of people struggle with marketing. It's not their favorite thing to do. They just want to write all day, but they don't want to have to market those words, right? Or their books. <laughs> right. Um, so let's talk about each Enneagram type, what they might struggle with, and maybe some tips that you can help them as they start thinking about marketing their books. So I'm going to just turn it over to you to go just run through the nine types and kind of give us an overview and then just um, give us some ideas of somebody's thinking, oh, that's that's probably my type. And yeah, that probably is something I struggle with. And what, um, what advice does my Enneagram coach have for me today. I love this. I was so excited when you approached me with this idea because yes, brilliant. One of the the pieces that I would, what I'm going to focus on today is I'm going to talk about each type's core fear. And that core fear is going to, and then what I'm going to do is we're going to identify that core fear. And then I'm going to ask you a better question. Oftentimes the whole coaching process is that we often know the answer because we are in relationship with the Lord. We know what the word of God says. We know what the Holy Spirit is saying, but sometimes we need someone to help us get to the answer that's just beneath the surface. And so that's what I hope today. So I'm going to give you some questions that couple with some action points. And then last but not least, the the overarching theme, I think, is you need to have a team. You need to have at least a person who can help you through the book marketing process. I don't think any of us are to be a lone ranger in this. And whether we have zero resources or a lot of resources, whether we're going to have a bestseller or we're just going, we wrote the the book for one person, Mm -hmm. we need to have a team of people again, whether it's someone we hire or just some friends to encourage us and help remind us, hey, 
your fears talking a little bit louder than what you know you need to do. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start. So Kim, actually, I don't know what type you lead as. What type do you lead as? I lead as a nine, which I'm pretty sure you've mentioned is your husband's type too, right? He is. <laughs> yes. Of course, I love nines. I think they're amazing. <laughs> well, you know us, we're the peacekeepers and uh, we like to <laughs> kind of stay behind the scenes. So yes. um, yeah, I'm personally very excited to hear what you have to say about all this. But yeah, so I am a nine. Yes. And you are a seven. Is that right? I am. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Seven wing eight. So I got lots of energy. Oh, I think I I'm a nine wing one. I'll have to talk to you about that. <laughs> oh, yes, we should. I would love that. Well, what I love to do when we do these conversations, the, the idea with the Enneagram is there's no hierarchy of numbers. They're just listed in a way that's clockwise fashion. So at the top is the nine, but it's not because the nine's better than anyone else though you know, Kim and my mm -hmm. husband might disagree. <laughs> that just happens to be the way it is. And then you go around the clock. So um, people like to start at different numbers when we're talking about all of them. And I like to honor the person that I'm speaking with. So today we get to start with nine. Oh, goodness. And okay. we'll go from there and then we'll <laughs> go around the clock. So we'll, we'll start there. So the nine's core fear is being an inner or outer conflict. And losing connection with others or feeling overlooked. And this is where we go, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's as if your presence may not matter. I mean, whoa, that is intense. So there, the idea of marketing your book, can we just see for a minute how challenging that could be and how it could hit on these core fears? And that's what I think is so fascinating as I was, you know, preparing for this and all of that. I'm like, oh, wow, it's amazing how our fears can really limit us. And this is where the Enneagram is, is acknowledging them, but not giving the transformation happens when we choose to not give into them. So if you're a nine and your fear is that you're going to get your book out there and it's going to confirm that your presence doesn't matter, that your message doesn't matter. What you need to do instead of dwelling on that possibility is that you need to ask how or who can get me out of my comfort zone. What do I want from this book launch? What are your goals? What are your dreams and desires? And then when, when am I going to give time to this dream and this book launch and stick to it? How am I going to carve that out? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I love when you say, yeah, stick to it. And back to your point about having people around you, right? Whether it's somebody you pay for or just have an accountability partner, even, you know, just to kind of hold you to um, yes. what you say you're going to do and also encourage you, right? Because I, I do think... Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't read a book, but I imagine if I do, that would you would probably describe me to a T, right? Yes. Um, so I think just yeah, having people around you that can talk that into you and um, talk truth into your fears and and mm -hmm. yeah, just realize you are making a difference, right? That we we are only called yes. to write a book for one, you know. Um, yes. But yeah, just yeah, getting wrapped up in all that. That I'm coming fresh off of the um, at the time of this recording, fresh off the Spark Conference, and that was talked yes. a lot about, you know, with all of us Christian podcasters, and just you know, you hear somebody's numbers, and and you just think, oh, but my podcast isn't going to matter. But we know better. So um, yeah, right. oh gosh, I could talk to you about that all day long. Okay, so next number, <laughs> no, so that's, that's me, good. the nine, and I'm we have many <laughs> listeners that are nines also. So give us that's a shout right. out if it, what, whatever right. number you identify with, we want to hear. We'd love to hear it. Yes. And remember your message matters. There's so much value to it. So 
get to it and <laughs> get out of your comfort <laughs> zone. Okay. So the type one fears being wrong, being corruptible, making mistakes, or being unworthy. So perfectionism is going to trip you up here. That is going to be your challenge to look perfection and perfectionism in the face and make a different choice. And that is ask where you need to loosen up on your procedure of your book launch and lower your standards of perfection. Now, this doesn't mean lower your standards of excellence, but what is unrealistic? What is actually not attainable? What is not healthy for you to take on yourself? And then the the critical piece of this, and this is a a challenge for someone who, who has the idea of perfection, and that is that you need to delegate. Other people may do it differently than you, but they can do just a good of a job, even if it looks a little different. You can have a successful and good outcome with their help instead of taking on all the responsibility and shoulder it unnecessarily. So that is for the type one. All right, your type two, they fear being unwanted, rejected, oh boy, the rejection piece, dispensable and unworthy because of selfishness. So I hear plenty of Christian authors or podcasters or Instagram people, they shy away from this idea that they call self-promotion. Oh, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to self-promote. It just, it feels icky. Okay, so- I get it, but I'm going to roll my eyes and say, who are you called to serve? Is this about you anyway? (laughs) I'm all getting. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't see on the video her preaching finger going on. (laughs) I am. my preaching finger. So who deems you worthy? Who deems this message worthy? Who gave it to you? Who gave it to you to steward? This isn't about self-promotion. This is about promoting the message the Lord has given you. Yes, does that mean your face needs to be out there a little bit more? Yep, God created it. He's proud of it. You need to learn how to embrace it, flaws and everything. And, you know, this, this is ultimately God has called you, he's equipped you, and he deems you worthy. It's through him that you are worthy to steward this message. And ultimately, too, the the next question I would ask is, what dreams has God given you to give your best yes to? Mm. For the two, the priorities are really, really challenging because they're so busy helping everybody. But your message is worthy of stewarding. And if the Lord has given you one and you've written that book, it's time for you to stop promoting everybody else's first season and promote your own. And I know that's easier said than done, but that's where you need to give your best yes. That's okay. a good word. Oh my gosh, that's a good word. I'm preaching <laughs> so, today. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I've struggled with. Am I too? <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, uh-huh. I think that's 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 such a good advice for twos, especially because um, you know we all want to support each other, right? When we have book, yes. books to launch, and we all do a great job of that in our community. But um, there is definitely a season that, right? You have to kind of pull back and go, okay, I've got to focus on this message God's given me. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done, but got to be. Yes. So true. All right. For our type threes, you fear being perceived as a failure. You fear being called out or someone saying that you are incompetent or worst of all, being worthless. Man, those are hard hitting. Mm -hmm. And the deal with books and putting yourself out there, those are measurable. 
They're not only measurable by yourself, but other people. So there is something extremely vulnerable about putting out a book. And then if these are your worst fears, it's going to be a struggle. So you will, as a type three, you'll have a great plan of success for your launch. You will have identified what that path looks like and what you need to do. But you as a three need to be aware of the burnout and the incorrect matrix. Because again, the world is going to have its standard and God has its standard. And that's where he, he has a measurement that that's what you need to fall in. And you need to ask the Lord what his design and his plan and his idea of success is for this book launch. So you need to ask what action is actually motivated to keep an appearance of success. What things are you doing to just um, maybe even say something that makes it sound like the book has done better than it has? You might be, you know, tempted to do that um, or, um, or be throwing out like name dropping and stuff like that when you just need to rest in the fact that the Lord, again, the Lord has called you. He's given you this message. The other question is to ask is, is my spirit of competition motivating me to an unlevel, healthy, um, unlevel, <laughs> unhealthy <laughs> level of drive? Wow. That was a tongue twister. That's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because threes don't need to be told to work harder. Mm-hmm. They, they actually need to hear how can you rest in God's care for the message that he gave you. So there's, there's an element of you got, you got to put hard work in it. Now, you know, the path to success and you have it laid out, but, um, but while there are some no's that you're going to have to give, you don't want to get to the end of it and be so burned out that you're going, I never want to do that again, or your family can't stand you anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you're terrible to live with. So ultimately the question is how can I rest in God's care for my message? I've worked with a lot of threes that are authors and and they do, boy, they work really, really hard. Yeah. And they're just worn out after a book launch. So yeah, that's great advice. Yes. Yes. And you as a nine, you are like a, a, that personality is this key, the secret key to thriving for a three, because if they can operate in, in the rest that a nine naturally kind of emanates, um, instead of having to wait till they're in total stress mode or a burned out mode, then there's just a level of balance is kind of a a strong word that is elusive, but, but just a more moderate pace that is sustainable in the long run, if they can figure that out. So you're a great coach um, for threes in particular. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. The type fours, they fear being unnoticed, mundane, insignificant, and cut off emotionally. (laughs) Okay. So this means you're asking yourselves like, is my book original enough? And well, if everyone is launching this way, then I want to do it that way because I can't do it like everybody else, which, you know, you're doing this. Um, but then it creates this wild emotional ride. So the better question to ask is how is my message or method similar Be okay with finding the similarities and celebrating those and then figuring out from there, what is it that you actually want to do differently that's going to be beneficial? And it's just going to be suited better to your personality, the limitations that you have, the energy that you can give to it. And then invite the Lord to speak to how he created you to be special and unique 
with your message and with your launch process. He is the giver of your creativity. I have a couple of four friends that I, they have done this and their launches has been, have been so uniquely reflective of their personality and their season of life in a way that is just so cool. And the fruit of that is that they're a lot happier doing the launch the way they need to do the launch. Oh, that's great. That's what I love about the Enneagram, right? You're just, you just are constantly learning new things about yourself and yeah, especially like in a book launch, just going, okay, this is my personality and I'm going to be good with this, right? This is the way God made me. Yes. And it's not, yeah, it's not like the next person's launch or the launch I just saw. So um, I love totally. that. Yeah. Unique and creative. I love that. Mm, all right. The type five. Now the type five fears being obligated to someone or, or the whole world <laughs> incompetent. They, f- they fear being invaded upon or depleted of energy. All right. so. The better question to ask is, who are you actually obligated to, to get this book out? How has God equipped you to share your message? And where do you draw your strength from? Okay, because this is a perfect opportunity to be generous with the knowledge the Lord has given you because fives are information gatherers, they're strategy masters. But if they aren't careful, they will continue to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate and never give out. They will not share the information. They will not go through with the launch plan. They'll just continue to make plans until they almost a little bit similar to the one where they're just waiting for it to be perfect, but it's, but it's all in their mind. So, so the goal for the five is to identify those fears, but then ask the question, who is I'm actually obligated to? Well, you're not really obligated to anybody, but if the Lord has asked you to steward the message, well, then you better steward it. <laughs> you better, better get it out there and he will equip you to share the message. And, you know, if you don't feel like you have the strength and energy, well, the Lord will give that to you. And that's where that team comes in or that person that comes in that can help you um, just get to the next step, which is all we're asked to do. The next right thing. Okay. I love our fives. All right. For the sixes, you fear being blamed, abandoned. You feel anxious and you feel anxious about being anxious (laughs) (laughs) and you really fear not having support. So for sure, the type six, you're going to need a great troubleshooter who will help you when problems come up, like to listen to you process the options that you have. You're you're just gonna, you're gonna um, need that there's strength in numbers for the type six. So you can do it alone because you are able to do it if that's what the Lord has called you to do, but figure out who your support team can be. And then I always am asking the sixes because the sixes are masterful at what if scenarios and worst case scenario thinking. And so instead of just keeping those all in your mind, get them down on paper, journal it, type it out, speak it out, whatever you have to do and ask, what is the very worst thing that could happen? Well, the very worst thing that could happen with your book launch is that only your mom, your sister and your dog walker buys your book. Okay. (laughs) But you sold three copies and ultimately (laughs) you wrote the book and you got it done. And that's worth celebrating. And when you look at that ridiculousness, the answer is more than three people are going to buy my book. It will be okay. (laughs) And, and then the most important question of all is, is it all up to you anyway? 
No, it's not. Mm -mm. And this is where, um, you know, having that team, that support team reminding you that you are able to do this and that you are when, when troubles do come, um, come up, you can be a great uh, solution finder, um, similar to the fives where you're going to, you're going to have that strategy in your mind. Okay. For sevens, oh, Amy with a book for me. <laughs> yep, me with the book. I'm looking my fear in the face, and let me tell you, it's real. It's real, friend. Perfect timing have, for this. <laughs> it is perfect timing. It's so good for me because <laughs> I, I. It's embarrassing how I see this played out, but sevens fear being bored, trapped in uncomfortable or painful emotions. They fear missing out. The FOMO is real. <laughs> and they fear being deprived. So the honest truth is I have had to implement major accountability to even finish my project. And I consider myself a, finish, a finisher until I realized I have like five half written books. Like wow. that's the honest truth. And I have more written in my brain, but I'm not finishing them because I get excited about the next project. And I finally finished this project, but you know what I'm thinking about instead of launching? It feels more fun to go write the next thing mm. instead of follow through with the launch plan because I could be trapped in painful emotions if it doesn't go the way I want it to go. <laughs> so you'd rather just skip so, over that, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's so much easier to run off to the next thing. So you need to ask yourself, am I avoiding feeling bored with my project? Because you might get bored, like we, anybody who has written a book knows you get bored at some point with it. Mm-hmm. You, you hit that middle part. You're like, oh, I don't really know what to say here. You just get tired and uh, it's just easy to, to just go on to something else. But instead of avoiding it, acknowledging, hey, I'm a little bored here. I need to get some help. I need to do something to get some inspiration so I can keep going. Ultimately, what have you committed to doing? You know, this is making a choice to do opposite, which is to be flaky for, you know, the honest truth. Instead of being flaky, what have you committed to doing if you've committed to yourself? (laughs) And this is what I did. I was guesting on a podcast, which um, Michael Jr., who's the funniest guy out there, Christian Mm -hmm. comedian, he has a podcast called Funny How Life Works. Well, I end up on his podcast once super fun. At the end of it, he's like, oh, well, we need to have you back on, blah, blah, blah. And I thought they were being nice, right? Well, they were serious. They had me back <laughs> on. And I let it slip that because I thought I was further along in my book project and I thought they were going to air in like a later time. I was like, oh yeah, I have this book called Should Christians Use the Enneagram? Well, that was like, I committed to it. I said it and his audience is going to be expected. So man, that was like a sneaky way. I think the Lord had me commit to this. So I actually finished it because honestly, if it wasn't for that, I'd be still sitting on this project. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's a, that's my true story there um, behind the book and the process of that. And ultimately this is, this is where the team or the person comes in is who's going to help me celebrate no matter the outcome. And I know my family will, my family Mm -hmm. will just celebrate that mom finished this project. And that's, and that's going to be the matrix that I choose um, to, to just appreciate and to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last but not least, I know a lot of people tend to start out with the eights, but today we're ending with the eights. (laughs) 
I appreciate them for listening all the way through because they fear injustice. You may have felt it was very unfair that I'm ending with you, but that's the way it is today. <laughs> and I'm married to an eight. <laughs> oh, you know, girl. I'm married know. to an eight. You can imagine that. <laughs> oh, I can. I can. It's actually a great combination. So, <laughs> but they fear being powerless, harmed, and at the mercy of others, especially when it comes to vulnerability and honesty. So they don't want to be controlled by others, whether physically or emotionally. So an eight is going to have passion. They really are all in or all out, but they might also be suspicious about the process. Like how are the matrix rigged anyway? (laughs) You know, what can I do about getting on the New York Times bestseller list, you know, or the other extreme, like, forget it. I'm not going to even try because it's all rigged anyway, right? So they're going to vacillate between that. So ultimately, the question is to instead, what do I have to give others? How can I, how am I oftentimes an A is going to be driven to defend the defenseless, to speak out on injustice, to speak truth. They are bold, they are straightforward, and they are hard hitting. And there that is a message that God has given to you. And that is who you're ultimately going to answer. The the thing to kind of process through almost like a six, all right, worst case scenario. What's the worst thing that can happen here? Well, when you go down that path, it's not so bad. So For an eight, the question is, what can I can control? Like, what can you actually control in this process? And what do I need to let go of? And to focus on the things that you have some measurable, that your output's going to have measurement in the outcome, and then the other things that you just have to release and let the Lord. So I'm just sitting here thinking, even though I know my type, um, for those that even those that, of us that do, or those that don't know their type at all, if we do the 15 minute assessment with you or any of your free tools, and we'll link all those in the show notes, does that kind of help you? Like, as, as I'm, I'm thinking, as you've identified each of the nine types, like you might kind of see a little bit of yourself in each of those. Yes. How, well, how does that play into it? <laughs> you're a nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what so, a nine would typically ask you? <laughs> yes, a nine, a nine, bless your all's hearts. The nine has the most challenging time determining their type mm-hmm. because they do identify. That's the beauty of the nine. They actually have the superpowers of all nine types. They get the perspective of all nine types. You are going to see yourself in all nine types. But ultimately, then the bigger picture is that we are all nine types. We are not just one type. We actually lead with the type because if we're made in the image of God who possesses all of these character traits and beyond, Mm -hmm. because we're just a, a mere reflection of our creator, we do resonate with maybe more than one type. And so I always think the process is the process of elimination. That's how I did my ACTs and SATs, if we're honest. It's like, okay, which one do I know is not me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're not going to do that. And then what ones are the possibilities? And that's that's why I like the narrative tradition with the Enneagram. It's kind of going through that this. And, and for a nine, again, you are going to read and be like, oh, well, I could see this and well, I could see that. And then so So when I'm talking to someone, the goal is to have some familiarity with the Enneagram. And then when we're together, I usually ask this one question. How did you make your decision about your post high school 
school choice or career choice. And that conversation illuminates a lot for me. I get to understand how they, why they made the decision and how they made the decision and what happened after that and how they felt about it. And that leads me to some other questions that we can pinpoint. What is the message your heart longs to hear? What does stress look like for you? What does what does it look like when you know you're doing really well and things are going good um, that maybe are, are even out of your control, but you know, you're in a good place um, with the Lord and with your people emotionally and in relationships. Okay. okay so again, we're going to put all the resources in the show notes that Amy has to share. And I did mention it in the intro. She does host the Simply Wholehearted podcast, and you have gone through quite a few episodes where you've had a particular guest on and mentioned their type and kind of ran through their personality and um, especially if they're a mom, the challenges they're facing. And that's um, so helpful to listen, like you said, just to listen to that narrative of each episode Mm -hmm. and really Mm -hmm. relate to, is that me? Um, Is it not me? Or, you know, how they face different circumstances. So tell us also some other resources you want to share. I definitely want to hear about your book as well as an event that we'd love to hear more about. Yes. So if you're listening to this live, it's called the Wholehearted Enneagram Summit. And I am the kind of person who I want to gather all my friends because I want to introduce my friends to, you know, my other friends and I want them all to be friends. (laughs) Like that's the best thing in the world. And so retreats and conferences and events like that, that's my jam. Well, I wasn't just with this year, wasn't sure what it was going to hold, but I thought, I think an online summit might be really fantastic to take someone who just at a glance maybe consumes the Enneagram, you know, sees the meme and goes, oh, that's funny, to seeing that the Enneagram can actually be a tool of transformation. So I've gathered amazing speakers from all over the world, literally. We have a gal who lives in Malaysia. And is a, a coach and is was fantastic. And we are we have five days of speakers and events. So if you're hearing this live, you can just hop on. You can check out the Wholehearted Enneagram Summit. And if you decide, you can actually get an all-access pass. And you can keep the recordings and listen to all of them at your leisure. So it's, you know, that's going to be a fabulous way to hear from all the Enneagram types. We have all of them represented and to hear more information. Another thing I would just kind of give a shout out, my one of my favorite books is Marilyn Van Sill's Self to Lose, Self to Find. And she's oh, actually going to be that. part of the conference. Yeah, she she's one of the earlier Enneagram teachers. And I kind of see her as a maybe a mother figure in the Enneagram world, um, so to speak. And she's a nine. You would love her. Um, but anyway, she's, it's, it's a great book. It's not super long. It's definitely from the Christian perspective. And it just talks about the invitation Jesus gives us okay. about losing ourselves in order to find ourselves in Christ. So mm-hmm. I, I just like, it's, it's a great one. So that's definitely a resource I would recommend as well. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll definitely put the um, summit. That's so exciting. Um, and then the book you just mentioned, and then will you tell us a little bit about your book again and where yes. can people find it? Yes, it's called Should Christians Use the Enneagram? What it is, what it's not, and how it can change your life. And you can find that on my website at simplywholehearted.com. And I'm on Instagram as Wholehearted Enneagram. And that's really where I like to hang out. Instagram's kind of my place and have fun there and 
you know, share the stories about, I get to brag on my kids and <laughs> yeah, I love that the podcast and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Get to know Amy on Instagram and you'll see her beautiful memes. Like she was just talking about you, you see the memes, but you want to dig into those more, but it's nice to see those graphics come through your feed and you're like, oh yeah, yes. that's me. Oh, that's yeah. a nine. Or, you know, you said, yeah. I love those. I love those. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I sure appreciate you coming you. on to share about the Enneagram and hopefully everyone has kind of recognized themselves in one of those types. And if they want to dig yes. in more, they can definitely reach out to you for a free assessment. So I so appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Kim. This was so much fun. So I'm dying to know what number you identified with the most. DM Amy or I on Instagram. I'll put our links in the show notes because we would love to hear. Also, don't forget about Amy's Wholehearted Enneagram Online Summit coming up next week. If you're listening live, it's free and you can sign up at bookmarketingmania.com backslash summit. And I'll put the link in the show notes too. I'll also put links to Amy's free Enneagram assessment and her free 15-minute coaching call, plus a link to her new book, Should Christians Use the Enneagram? So, you know, when we think about marketing and those core fears start popping up, let's remember what Amy said and let's all ask ourselves, who is going to help us celebrate no matter the outcome? I want to cry. I just love that so much. We can't do it alone, friends. We're all in this together. That's all for now. I'm so grateful for you and I'll see you next week.